Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back on board the Andy and Amanda Show. This is Andy going solo today. Amanda had a family emergency. She had 10-2. Hope all goes well there. Amanda Love in the UK. I'm here outside of Hollywood, California, in our USA studios. Normally, we join the USA and the UK for an hour or sometimes an hour and a half. Kind of a lightweight presentation of what's going on in the news, issues in life. Talking about television, film, the stock market. You name it, we pretty much have covered it all here on the Andy and Amanda Show, or as they say, only on the Andy and Amanda Show, because we kind of, we're kind of unique the way we do things here. Anyway, I want to welcome everybody aboard again. We're going to do the show solo, just kind of review some of the news headlines, what's going on in the world, and we'll take it from there. And also, this being Friday, we do talk about the AMC stock squeeze on this show and other stocks of interest, perhaps, that you might want to look at, how you get involved, what a stock squeeze is how the AMC issue differentiates itself from um, a normal stock trade. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But anyway, um, so we'll move right, right ahead with today's show. Again, Amanda is not joining us on this episode. She will be missed, I'm sure, you know, really, for sure. And um, But we'll look forward to seeing her Monday at a new time. New time Monday for those listening live. Our time on Monday is going to be at 3 p.m., Eastern Daylight Time, just like the Wednesday and Friday shows are. So all, all the shows from now on are going to be at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time or, or at 20, 100, or 8 p.m. Uh, Greenwich Mean Time, or Universal Time, I guess they call it, um, for those uh, listening in Europe and the USA. We're in 22 countries around the world, and uh, thousands of listeners and followers to get on the show. It's 515-605-9888. Uh, Again, thanks for joining us. Dear Mainland, aloha. My brother and I know all about your to-do list, but have you also considered making a to-don't list? Like, don't forget hang time with your ohana. Don't forget to step outside every now and then. And don't forget the big wave golden ale. So maybe you make a to-don't list today, yeah? Put it on your to-do list. Good one, brother. One life, right? Mahalo. Longboard Island Lager and big wave golden ale from Kona Brewing. Our number here. On the studio to get into the show is 515-605-9888. And we're going to uh, welcome everybody who wants to participate in the show on board to talk about whatever you would like to talk about. That's what we do here. We're unscripted, raw, unrehearsed, talking about the news headlines. Today's Friday show, we normally talk about uh, finance and stocks and the AMC stock squeeze, which we're going to touch upon uh, that again today and see where we stand. Are we any closer to the AMC squeeze? Uh, how's that interest on the loans, on those shared uh, shorts? Shorts, not not like you wear shorts, but short the yeah. short sales of stock. Um, and we'll see where that is. And just a lot, you know, I'll tell you, since we got involved in all this back in the July, end of July, there's been so much lingo and buzzwords and things that I've still sometimes don't understand, but getting there, getting better. And and I've done some fun things too, and kind of, I guess you can call it day trading. And I want to talk about that because I never did any of this before. And I just got having some guests like Lee Van Dusen and on the show, who's kind of enlightened us about the opportunities, about what people are doing. Um, and, and, you know, I kind of got excited about it. And all of us here at the Indian Man Show said, hey, let's play around with this. And I've done pretty well. Um, but we, you know, we're going to talk more about, that, more about that a little bit later on in the show. A couple of things I wanted to, to discuss uh, and um, what they are in the news, actually, what they are in the news is the, the almost it's shut down again of, of, of the federal government, United States. And I just want to bring up that 
it's interesting when Trump was in office and faced with the same thing. Actually, the government had the longest shutdown in history under Trump, but under under another almost shut down um, uh, during the Trump presidency, Mitch McConnell, who's now the minority leader in the Senate of the United States, said there's no way they're going to let the government shut down. It just isn't going to happen. And then when Biden's office and they're confronted with the same situation. He says, "Oh, we're gonna, we're not gonna pass anything, and if it just done, just done." It's just really interesting. He thought about, I think the Republicans, not every single one of them, obviously, but many of them, the majority of the party, especially Mitch McConnell, who's their leader, and McCarthy, who's their minority leader in, in Congress, are all about themselves and about their party and about their platform and about pounding their chest. Not about the, the well-being and the welfare of the American people. That's my take on it. If, if you know, I don't know if it's your take or not. I'd, that's why we leave these phone lines open for you to call in and you know educate us, inform us. What, what's your take? Well, you know, are we wrong? I, I don't think so. You know, my my assessment is uh, is always right. No. <laughs> but anyway, we welcome your calls. Five one five six one five nine eight eight eight. Anti-vaxxers. Um, do they? get the measles vaccine? Do they get the polio vaccine? They get the smallpox vaccine? They get the what's, I think there's a medical name for the whooping cough vaccine, meningitis vaccine. Not only do they get these vaccines, but they probably got them as infants before they went to school because their parents took them to the doctors and the doctors said you should get these vaccines. As a matter of fact, you have to get these vaccines if you're going to go to public school in most states. And they do. They will quit questioning. No. They say, oh, it's our freedom. It's our right. We're not going to know. I'm not going to get a tetanus shot. It's my right. That's my business. Hmm. Anyway, as I was saying, um, what, was, what was I saying? Where's Amanda? Let me get me sit back in the blabberon. But let's uh, let's go over some other uh, news. We're talking about the vaccine, and uh, just can't believe that it's a, getting vaccinated. But they've had qualms when it comes to getting. You know the measles? I think, we, again, we addressed. If you heard the last show, I'm going to reiterate this. The last show, we mentioned as a fact. And we said what the numbers were, the actual data, um, how much more contagious the measles virus is than the COVID virus. It's by numbers. It can't take numbers. But why aren't we seeing masses of people? Getting sick, running to the hospital, cause measles. Well, why aren't we saying that? Hmm. Good, good. Think about it. Why aren't we saying it? Oh, you got vaccinated. Oh, everybody's vaccinated. Everybody, but almost everybody. Huh. Well, then, isn't isn't you right not to get vaccinated against measles? Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to get vaccinated against measles? That's your right not to. God damn it. Huh? Anyway, I go on and on and on, but we won't. I won't. Anyway, there's a, as Amanda was saying on our last show, there's a pill that's going to be coming out um, that uh, cuts the risk of death by half, says uh, Merck Pharmaceuticals, which will seek an emergency authorization. Anybody want to go look at the stock reports from Merck? <laughs> risk of hospitalization or death from COVID-19 by 50%. This is in a re- recent study. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the study can be seen, I'm looking at it, it's by Merck and Ridgeback Biotherapeutics. I came out today. 
It would become the first oral medicine that fights viral infection for COVID-19 if approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for emergency use authorization. Also on Friday, um, we're going we're gonna to start seeing uh, today announced that not only did we see the a school mandate regarding requiring vaccines, but also in California, you're going to start seeing effective November, I forget the date, you're going to have to show a vaccination card to go uh, to indoors to restaurants and bars. Now, I don't know if that means the vaccination card is, is, is larger than a, I think it's, it's wide. It's wide. I forget, you know, I don't have mine on me right here, but it doesn't comfortably fit in your wallet unless you have a real big wallet, I guess. Or if you're a woman, you might carry a purse or something. If you're a man, you might have a purse too. I don't know. What do I know? But anyway, it's wide. So I don't know if they'll accept a, you know, you take a picture of your card with your phone. If that'll, we'll have to look into that further because that's what I would do. So I, I tried to put my mine in my wallet and it didn't fit comfortably. It stuck out. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to damage it. Anyway, um, the uh, school mandate um, for vaccines will affect 6 million students in the state of California in public schools. 6 million students. That's 6 million students that won't get seriously ill from COVID, nor will they spread the disease to friends and loved ones. And they won't get sick and die either because supposedly they're vaccinated. Now, remember this. You can you can, there are breakthrough cases. You got one uh, in the pretty sick in that time period. There are breakthrough cases. We know that. It's very, 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 very underlying bold, italicized, all that crap. Um, far and few between. And that's a fact, folks. That's a fact. It's a fact. So what else was I going to talk uh, about here to do on the news? I had a bunch of things I want to go over. Hopefully, I'll get to them all. Hopefully, I will. Oh, you know what? Oh, you know what? You, I, I've, I am not a huge fan of uh, President Biden's selection of Kamala Harris as vice president. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to her. Uh, I'm not, you know, I think it's, um, you know, just phenomenal uh, being, um, you know, a, a woman, a black woman coming into uh, the office of the vice president first time in history. Excellent, fantastic, great, great, but. Um, I'm not terribly impressed by her, and I'm not – and I question if anything, God forbid, should ever happen to Joe Biden. God forbid I'm an atheist, but you know what I'm saying. Um, if anything should happen to, to Joe Biden, um, I don't know how much I w- faith I would have in, in Kamala Harris um, as president. Again, if you disagree, that's what we're here for, you know, to, for you to call and, and, and have a conversation. Share your thoughts, opinions, ideas. 515-605-9888. Have I said that number enough? And uh, most of you are hearing this show via podcast. I realize that too. I know that. So um, you can't call in live on the podcast, obviously. But remember this. Monday we go back. Our new time on Monday. We used to be at noon on uh, Monday in uh, the Eastern Daylight Time. Now we're going to make all our shows at the same time at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Or 8 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, Universal Time, 8 p.m. Whatever time that is in the world, you can check in live at andyamandashow.com. Hit the link. You call in the show and join our conversation. Hey, you know, big time. I mean, really, just just come on, have a conversation, talk about what you want to talk about, tell us some jokes, make us laugh. 
While visiting a political science class at George Mason University on Tuesday of this week to honor National Voter Registration Day, the vice president took questions from three students, including one who brought up the nation's funding of Israel and a very lengthy question. The student brought up and said, you brought up how the power of the people and demonstrations and organizing is very valuable in America. I see that over the summer there have been like protests and demonstrations and astronomical numbers done with Palestine. But then just a few days ago, there were funds allocated to continue backing Israel, which hurts my heart because it's an ethnic genocide and a displacement of people, the same that happened in America. And I'm sure you're aware of this. The student said um, in part of a question saying that the funding occurs as Americans suffer at home. And she continues to say, and I feel like there's a lack of listening, and I just feel like I need to bring that up because it affects my life and the people I really care about and their life. Harris, the second gentleman, Doug Ermanoff, who is Jewish, responded, I'm glad you did. Quote, and again, this is about the fact your voice, your perspective, your experience, your truth cannot be suppressed and it must be heard. Our goal should be unity but not uniformity, Harris said. And the point that you're making about policies that relates to the Middle East policy, she continued, foreign policy, we have healthy debates in our country about what is the right path, and nobody's voice should be suppressed on that. The lack of pushback from Harris seemingly to the student while taking questions during the visit has become the latest hiccup for her office. Again, seemingly. Seemingly, if you if you're aware of what happened on Tuesday at all, and I don't think that um, that helped. You know, uh, several fupas fueled in part by the vice president's messaging mishaps. I think this latest communication mishap comes on a particularly kind of a taut, tough, debated topic. As progressives and other activists have been putting pressure on Democrats to take a more critical stance toward Israel, which has long enjoyed bipartisan support in Washington. And it wasn't long after that exchange where a Harris senior staff member has been reaching out to the heads of several leading pro-Israel organizations per, um, per source in the you know, familiar with the matter in, in Harris office. But we'll see how that continues and how that manifests itself, and does that get suppressed? Will the Fox News Network be doing nothing but talking about that and bashing Harris and bashing Biden and bashing how many the Democrats are and spreading more lies and so forth? Is that what's going to happen? We'll see. Be interesting. You know, I just want to point this out to you in case you you do you flip on the news or listen to news radio or watch Fox and know where you heard this. You know, on the Andy Amanda show here, just kind of talk about it because I think it's important. And again, I'm not a I could change, you know, but right now, from what I've witnessed, and this is only my perceptions, that's all I can talk about is my perceptions. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Kamala Harris. It's interesting, my youngest daughter, who's a college student, uh, had a, in high school, had a, well, she was editor, her, editor of her school paper and also had a summer job of a uh, Los Angeles area newspaper as a, as a writer when she was. 18, 17, 18, whatever. I mean, she's a phenomenal writer, very conscientious. I mean, amazingly conscientious and really caring and really into social justice and so forth. And she, during during the presidential campaigns back in the primary stages, you know, living in California, she um, 
presented articles and, and debated extensively on why Kamala Harris should not be president of the United States, let alone vice president, based on her track record as the attorney general for the state of California. And brought us some very valid points, very valid points. And, of course, Kamala Harris didn't – her campaign didn't last long at all. It was a heartbeat. Bam, gone. I'm not, I'm not bashing. No, don't take this as, a, as an Andy bash of, of the of the Biden administration or of Kamala Harris. Just my perceptions so far, from what I know, what I've been able to absorb and witness. Uh, I'm not terribly impressed. And again, as I said earlier, would have some concerns if anything should happen to Joe Biden. But that's not an issue. I don't think it's going to happen to him. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to run, run again. And should he face Donald Trump again, he'll win again, um, which is interesting. <laughs> I got to talk about this just for a second. This is making me laugh. Make you laugh too. Rudy Giuliani is being sued. You know, and uh, he uh, gave a de- deposition. To, uh, and in his deposition, he admitted that he had no idea. I mean, he said this, right? And you can look this up yourself. You know, I'm not going to spoon feed you here. You're, you're, you're grown. You know, I don't care how old you are. You can look this up yourself. I'm not going to spoon feed you information or give you information where you say, ah, he's making that up. That ain't true. No, I want you to, want you to do your own research. I'm just going to bring it up. Then you go ahead and you go ahead and find out the facts and call me back with them, okay? But what he said was um, that he didn't know whether those the 30 percent – well, well, anyway, he didn't know whether – the information that he spewed regarding the voting machines being changed and tampered with, he didn't know whether that was true or not. In the sworn deposition, he said that. That during the time when he was out there campaigning and standing behind the podium, giving press interviews in front of porn shops in Northeast Philadelphia and so forth, uh, he had no idea, with the oil running out of his head or whatever that was, <clears throat> he had no idea whether the information that he spoke of was true or not. He he didn't he didn't know he said that. Okay, well you know, this not again that's a fact. That's a fact. And and he didn't know you know who's the pillow guy the guy who makes pillows, um, who advertises on cable TV suddenly became a, uh, uh, you know a, a somebody who promotes. The big lie again, continually. I've got evidence. I've got evidence. I've got evidence. A hundred percent evidence. Where Biden won by thirty percent in some in one state. It wasn't Biden who won. It was Trump who won by thirty percent. They reversed it. Oh God, it's unbelievable. And people believe it. You know, that's that's a spooky thing. You know. Anyway, there's so much more to talk about. I'm going to drink my pumpkin spice coffee here that I, from Trader Joe's. Let me check this out. Mmm. Needs to be heated up a little bit, but not bad. Anybody out there like Trader Joe's? I, we live at Trader Joe's. I, somehow, I don't know how they do it, and I'm not doing a commercial for Trader Joe's, but when I when we like something, we talk about it, like Kona beer. I think it's the best beer you can, you know, pick up the variety pack. You got to try it if you hadn't. It's It's phenomenal beer. All right, I said the best beer. Okay, I don't know if it's the best beer, but it's a very, very, very good beer that you should try if you haven't. Kona beer. I was introduced to it uh, during a music tour in Hawaii. I, that's one of my real gig folks. I play music. And the producer who brought me over there, also a great musician named James McCarthy. He's incredible. Singer-songwriter. 
ballad year, actor, teacher, musician. He's in Hawaii. He brought me over there and booked some shows for me and uh, introduced me to Kona Beer. And I've never looked back. It's been my beer of choice. And Trader Joe's, uh, everything I've ever bought there, no matter what it is, doesn't matter what it is, it's really, really good. You want to try their Indian foods. Like they have, have this refrigerated uh, chicken tiki marsala. You can get a bigger portion of it, and it's like five or six bucks. Uh, and then you can also go at frozen for three fifty or three forty now, well, three something, whatever. The bigger portions are refrigerated, not frozen. And it's you, you eat, you put it in the microwave for three minutes and twenty seconds, and bam, you know it's rice and the chicken tiki marsala, 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 and it is really, really good. I mean, go to an Indian restaurant. You pay $19, $20, for chicken tiki marsala. Go to Trader Joe's. Spend five bucks. Tell me what you think. Unbelievable. I mean, really. And and uh, but you know, it's the good coffees, good food, good fresh vegetables and fruits. Amazing flower selections if you want to get your your significant other flowers or buy flowers for yourself. I told you at my house we buy flowers just to have here. Anyway. Um, so uh, what was I going to talk about? Like, I don't have Amanda here to to, uh, to bounce that off of because normally she reminds us. Do, 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 do. Uh, Amanda, what was I just saying? Hmm. Oh, pumpkin spice. Um, you know, like I'm drinking this pumpkin spice coffee right now. If you, you enjoy pumpkin spice like lattes or pumpkin bread, and you know now that it is officially fall, um, and you have this earning to go get something with a pumpkin flavor, maybe catching a whiff of that pumpkin spice flavored food or drink can trigger emotions and memories that go way deep, way deep, much further, deeper rooted than just a hunger pang. And if they combine, you know, if you combine that and the smell and the kind of the, the, the feeling you get when you, when you hail that, that, that spice, that pumpkin spice smell, you know what I'm talking about? Um, yes. But anyway, um, when you smell something, in this case, let's, let's talk about pumpkin spice. The part of your brain that processes smell is closely tied to the part of your brain responsible for memories. Mm-hmm. Interesting, isn't it? And it's that close connection that counts for the fact that smells such as musty books, that kind of thing, you know, mold, milk, it take you back to, you know, way back in your life. You know, sessions at the library, campfires, you know, that campfire smell? Do you ever like walk, walk by like um, logs or anything or just smells like somebody's got a fire in a neighbor's yard and you smell that campfire smell or something and it takes you back to that experience. And and it is that, 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 that phenomenon, if you will, or that, that proximity of those sensors in your brain that kind of when you smell that pumpkin smell, Spice, you know, smell, the scent, it, it brings you back to that. That's part of the, the, the grab. That's part of the grip that you go and you buy that pumpkin bread and get that pumpkin spice coffee and the cinnamon ginger and nutmeg that, that you know, it's made in a lot of fall desserts and drinks and so forth. You know, when I say eggnog, what do you think of? Bring, real quick, eggnog. First thing comes to your mind. Eggnog, boom, go. What do you think of? Right away, boom, taste of what eggnog is, or is it the experience of what eggnog presents to you in your life? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, we were going to go 
behind the scenes today. I don't know if we're going to get to it. We're going to go behind the scenes. Amanda was going to take us behind the scenes of the Adams family. But we've done this before. Amanda has uh, has taken over a show sometimes when we had technical difficulties on my end, and I've done solo shows, scheduled solo shows, as well as uh, accidental solo shows. Trying to make a difference in the world, you know, and to our listeners. Here I come to save the day. So, yes, this is the Andy and Amanda show. And uh, what I want to do um, is um, I want to try to find here, if you give me a minute, I'm going to try to find a. Uh, I'm going to find a clip uh, uh, that I want to play for you. If you don't like it, I'm going to whoop you. Well, you know, they'll like it. They'll like it. I got to find it first. I can find it. Oh, speaking of blasts from the past, I'll get that clip. Speaking of blasts from the past, I want to play this clip and tell, and tell me, AndyandAmandaShow at gmail.com, what does this clip take you back to? What point of your life? Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that was Yorma Kalkinen and Jack Cassidy, otherwise known as Hot Tuna. Both of them were the bass player. Jack was the bass player, Norma the guitar player in the band Jefferson Airplane. Remember the Woodstock? Gracie Slick, Jefferson Airplane. Then became Jefferson Starship. If you don't know Yorma Kalkinen, you've got to check him and Hot Tuna out. And Jack Cassidy have been playing together forever. I mean, forever. Forever and ever. And uh, I don't know if you know the song, Know You Riders, um, Genesis, there's many others. But uh, if you're into, you know, folky blues, finger-picking guitar, some old-timey stuff, you got to check out Jack Cassidy. He plays bass, but Jorma, spelled J-O-R-M-A, Kalkanen, spelled K-A-U-K-O-N-E-N. Um, check out their music. That was White Rabbit that they unplugged acoustic at a Hot Tuner show. After all, they were the they were the uh, you know musicians, the guitar player and bass player in in the Jefferson Airplane. Um, you know what's interesting? Well, a lot of things are interesting, of course. What kind of question is that? The um, you ever hear Fox News comment about the vaccines, how they you know, sh- shouldn't be 
you know, it's ridiculous for them to be mandated and, and for businesses to require, you know, vaccines. You can't do that and so forth. You know, let's take a listen. I wonder if we go inside Fox News here. What are their own corporate? What's Fox News corporate policy regarding the vaccines? Do we know? We know what their commentators say, but what's Fox News policy? What's their policy? Let's find out. Biden rolls out a policy, which is. You have 100 employees, you've got to vaccinate, or you've got to test weekly. No mandated masking for the unvaccinated. Fox's on-air talent goes on and says, this is tyrannical, this is not freedom, this is un-American, this must be stopped, this could be against the law. And yet, behind the scenes, Fox News has the same vaccinator test requirement, except that Fox, it's not a weekly test, it's a daily test. If you're unvaccinated. And in addition to that, in some settings, if you're unvaccinated, you have to keep wearing a mask. It is much stricter at Fox News than what Fox's own on air talent decries as tyrannical government oppression, uh, as outlined by Joe Biden in his proposal. So why hasn't Tucker Carlson resigned to protest these dystopian policies? Great, great wall. The greatest lie Donald Trump ever told you wasn't that Mexico was going to pay for the wall. And Mexico will pay for the wall. And that he had a better health care plan than Obamacare. We're signing a health care plan within two weeks. Or that he would release his taxes after he became president. They're extremely complex. People wouldn't understand him. Donald Trump's greatest lie was convincing you that he was like you. Convinced 62 million hardworking Americans that he was one of them. But you know that's not true. The truth is that he's nothing like you. Fact when you, your father or grandfather, was drafted to serve in Vietnam, the call was answered. Donald Trump got five deferments. We drafted the lowest income level of America and the highest income level found a doctor that would say that they had a bone spur. That is wrong. Fact. When you started your business, you scratched together every nickel you had and built something from nothing. Donald Trump's father gave him $11 million to start his business and just kept giving him loans every time he got into trouble. Donald Trump has never worked a hard day in his entire life. Fact. When your small business was in trouble, you knuckled down worked harder, and made sacrifices until you got back on your feet. Donald Trump declared bankruptcy six times. See, Donald Trump is nothing like you. You haven't been accused by 30 women of sexual assault or rape. You haven't destroyed families and put children in cages. You haven't let Russia put bounties on American soldiers' heads. You haven't called American soldiers and veterans losers and suckers. You aren't responsible for over 185,000 deaths because you failed to do your job. You're nothing like Donald Trump. Yeah, you're nothing like Donald Trump, folks. I just wanted to play that. We're going to play that again in future shows. Just heard from uh, – actually, uh, Amanda Love had uh, let the show know earlier that she had a family emergency you know, involving her nephew and hope all is well there, but she couldn't make the show today, so – uh, yes, that, that you're formally excused, Amanda. We miss you greatly on the show, of course, but uh, we're hanging in there and kind of talking about some things that need to be talked about. And for example, um, now we do miss you, babes. Uh, 
Samuel Alito, who's a um, Supreme Court justice, he became the fifth of nine justices to speak out denouncing critics um, who were seeking to portray the court as a sneaky and sinister in attempt to intimidate the justices. He told the Notre Dame Law School audience that the court has been wrongly cast as a dangerous cobble and deciding important issues in, um, uh, in improperly in the middle of the night. It's, it's interesting when you think about it because I, I, you know, I know that he and other justices have been speaking out and condemned news media for playing up the significance of the court's September 1st decision that allowed an abortion ban to, uh, after about six weeks of pregnancy to take effect. But you know, I don't. I don't know how they did that because it is law that the federal law that abortion is legal, and I don't know how this. Of course, the Department of Justice is suing the state of, of Texas. First time ever has happened, any suing any state. But you're starting to see the Supreme Court justices now uh, speak up because you know it's very rare that so many justices have uttered such you know, kind of provocative, off the bench comments at the same time. You know, but they all. Um, it, what, what that really does, I think, is it highlights the potential for declining confidence in America's uh, you know, Supreme Court, the highest court in the land. So, and it's kind of interesting to see what's going on there too. Boy, it's such I've never I don't remember this this country being so so divided in so many ways, so many levels. I don't remember my whole life. I've never seen it. Never seen it. Have you? Hey. Um, Let's move on, and let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about the. Uh, I'm thinking Brit- Britney Spears here, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So, given that, now nah, I'm going to talk about Britney Spears. I was going to. I was going to. Um, Oh, well, yeah, I do want to mention those all over the map here. I'm sorry. Uh, the Idaho Secretary of State uh, re- uh, formally refuted Mike Lindell's statewide election manipulation claims. You know, I mean, everybody has, everybody has, but now the Idaho Secretary of State has too. And that, uh, and that also, you know, where, where Lindell said it was Trump who won by 30%. Biden, unbelievable. What I want to get to here, and excuse the detraction because I'm looking up the news right now as we speak. Um, AMC stock squeeze. AMC stock squeeze. Anybody playing that game? Do we have any Ape Nation folks out there? AMC is currently at 38.37. Or for the day, up point uh, zero. Let me see. It's, up. Mm, it's going up still. It's 0.81% of the day. Uh, it's, it was in the 40s, dipping, playing around that 40. I'm looking, I'd be looking for. I'd be looking for a, a bounce up by, let's see, we have, it's 339 there in the East Coast right now. So what, the market closes at four? I'd be looking for a bounce. I'd be looking for a bounce up to 39. I might be wrong about that, but I think the next week will probably, it's hard to say what the, how the how the week What's going to happen early part of the week? And I'm just talking about AMC, but actually, I can talk about the market in general. I think when when you know Monday morning first thing, boom, things go take a trajectory one way or the other. 
and it's hard to play that first you know 15 minutes on Monday that first 20 minutes you might have some trades lined up some buys you want to make or some sells you want to make and you know you kind of analyze the market analyze your your picture and your positions over the weekend and then you you come into in uh, morning whether it's Monday morning or any morning really but specifically in this case Monday morning and say hey I'm going to launch these um and uh, get my orders in and that first 15 20 minutes is is a tough time I think it's a risky time to to do anything you know, let let things kind of settle down a little bit. See see where things uh, are going to go. See what the trajectories are. What the trends are. What the news is. Who's doing what to who. Uh, and of course, we know that the AMC. We've discussed about this. Uh, we've discussed this quite a bit. That AMC um, is not being bought by our retail investor market, which is a, well, over four million people involved in this right now, um, owning eighty percent of the shares. You know, and the rest are you know, and those a lot of those. Hedge fund companies, the big movers and shakers, uh, who who borrowed shares, who bet on the short, or, or you know, the interest on those loans are go- is going to become due. <laughs> they got to, to pay, they have to pay the paper eventually, because they all thought the AMC was going to go, you know, w- way down, or maybe go bankrupt. And retail investors moved in and said, "We're not going to let that happen. We're supporting the company. We're buying stocks. We're going to." And so you guys, you guys betted short. <laughs> eventually, again, they're, 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 those shorts are going to have to be. Canceled and paid for, liquidated, liquidated by the hedge fund companies that bought them, that borrowed them, that did those loans, and if they can't pay the piper, they, their, their hedge fund will be liquidated, and the DTTC and SEC comes in and pays off the balance. That's how the mechanics work of the squeeze. Now, given the fact that there's four million retail investors involved in AMC. Just AMC, and and some have are looking at other short squeezes, not as potentially as humongous, as gigantic. This is going to be the mother of all squeezes as the AMC squeeze, but there's still retail investors are getting more and more involved in the market, kind of shaking things up a little bit, because we all know who's been maneuvering and manipulating the market for for decades, right? We know who's been doing that. Has it hasn't been you you and I here? You know, has has been us, right? Now it is, and well, no, it isn't, but but we're having more of an impact. Right. So um, uh, this AMC, it's going up. It's going up and up and up. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I I think we're going to see, you know, it'll come up to 41, 42, maybe by Tuesday. I think maybe Wednesday we'll hit 43, 44, 42. Then I'll get slapped down, come up. But as I was saying just a a minute or two ago, and I want to come back to this because it's important, that the AMC stock investment isn't isn't like investing in Apple or Ford or Microsoft or Tesla. It's because those are like the the big you know the blue chip buys you know the you know Ford's gonna I invested in Ford and I, you know recently and I've I've already made money in Ford I've made money in Ford I thought it was gonna go lower uh, and I was I had a a limit buy in at like seven dollars a share because I thought it was gonna go way down that low it never did it went down to like twelve or something and I bought it it wasn't it wasn't hitting my limit it wasn't hitting my seven. I thought, come on, come on, everybody, all the other auto manufacturers, are, you know, but but Ford is a leader in many many ways. We know that in their technology advancements. And speaking of which, when they come out with the Lightning F-150, which is going to give the Tesla Cybertruck a a, 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 a nice competitor in the field um, with over-the-air updates, uh, self, you know, uh, a driver assist autopilot. I'm not going to say self-driving, but you know what I'm saying. It, it, it pretty, you keep your hand on the wheel and it navigates for you and does all the lane changes and, and you know, point-to-point driving. But you got to keep your hand on the wheel. you got to manage it. Um, it's going to do all that, and it's got a uh, a higher load capacity than the Cybertruck. 
more flexibility in the Cybertruck. And when the Lightning 150 comes out, I think you're going to see some uh, potential Cybertruck buyers. And I'm a huge fan of Tesla. I can't. I have one. I'm a huge fan of that company. You know. Uh, but I think you're going to see some Cybertruck potentials go to the Lightning 150. And I think you're going to see Ford move way up, way up. And I was hoping that it would go way down so I can buy more shares. But since I couldn't do that, I just said, okay, whatever it is. Heck with it, I'll, I'll buy it. I think I bought it at 12 or whatever it is or 11 or something. I forget. But anyway, um, but that's I'm looking at Ford for a long term. right? I'm looking at uh, at Tesla. I've made money in Tesla long term. I've got other stocks long term. Some are going down a little bit. Some uh, you know, biotech companies that are making advancements in cancer research and so forth. How about Merck with with the with the pill? Um, you're seeing more competitors in that in the in the in the COVID anti-COVID uh, war, and as you're seeing more competitors, you're seeing the the Pfizer's and the uh, Modell is a beer. I keep doing that. Pfizer's and the uh, you know I mean Mo, uh, bleh, Moderna, um, you know, be more competitive, and they're their stocks being a little, you know, more maybe not not doing as well as you may have projected them to do. Um, but look at Merck, and they're, look what their stocks doing. Uh, and look, look what it might do when this pill comes out. Holy smokes! You know, I'm not telling. I'm not a financial advisor. I mean, I know I, I'm new at this. Believe me, I'm, I'm the last person to take advice from. I'm just telling you what I've done and what my in the short time I've been doing this, what my perceptions and insights are. And I've been kind of doing the, the day trading game. Like I'll get involved in something in the morning, see how it does that day, you know, get involved, uh, you know, um, in New York time, um, early in the mornings, you know, wait that 20 minutes, half hour. Or so see where things are going. Uh, look at the news, look at the market research. What's who's doing what to who. And I've even bought stocks and companies. Just looked at the, at the symbols, saw what they're doing, saw the green, the, the trajectory. Bam. I'm going to get on that. I get on, I piggyback the ride up. Boom. Get out of it the next day or that day. And I've made money. I don't know what to tell them. What do I know? You know, people say, well, that's a risky way to play the market. And a lot of you out there who know a whole lot more about trading than, than I do. I know that, but I've been, you know, I've been doing well. I really have been. And if you're doing well, if it ain't, if it ain't broke, not that I continue, you know, I do my research. I don't just, you know, throw money on red to see if it lands. I do, I do the research. I, I do that. But sometimes when I see something going way up, I buy it and then I do the research. <laughs> Why is it going up? And I hang in there. Or sometimes I get, ah, and I'll wait a day or two, see what it does. And I've also waited a day or two when it's gone down, boom, 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 you know. But, uh, Oh, no, I'm doing all right. I was, I was a couple, a few weeks ago, I was doing, I was up 31%, and now I'm up, uh, now I might even be down a little bit. And the reason why, I'll explain why. When AMC was, was up at 52, you know, I had a bunch of, bunch of AMC stock. Um, I was like, great. But then again, I wanted to go down because I didn't want to pay 52. I want to buy more, you know, 100 more shares, two, 300 more shares. And I didn't want to pay $52 a piece for it. And I'm thinking, it's got to go down. You know, I want, I, want that, I want that money back so I can buy more shares at a lower price, right? So I can buy – I'd rather have more volume shares because when that squeeze happens and there's people projecting these shares are going to be worth a, a tremendous amount of money, tremendous amount, a significant amount per share. So I want as many shares as I can have. So immediately, I don't really care if the stock goes up or down. I don't really care. Lose 700 bucks, so be it. Lose 400, hey, I'm up 200. Hey, I'm down 400. Hey, I'm up 500. I don't, I don't – so what? I'm not doing it for that. 
right? As I am with Ford, I'm staying with Ford for the long term. See what I'm saying? I'm staying with Tesla for the long term, right? This AMC thing, like like GameStop, remember what happened? GameStop, that's going to squeeze. Yeah, I'm down. I think I'm down on GameStop actually. I think I bought it at one. Uh, I buy it. I think I bought it at one ninety seven. Did I buy it at one ninety seven? I can't even check that out. Hmm. Bear with me here for a second. Hey, I'm becoming a stock commentator. Ta-da. Um, anyway, but uh, it, okay. GameStop is at 176. It's going up. It's going up. I bought it at 197. I didn't buy a whole lot of shares. I only hold, hold a handful of shares. But still, 20 bucks a share I lost, right? So I'm going to be down on, I don't know how many shares I have, not a whole lot. But uh, I'd, I'd be... You know, see what I would do now is come and buy more at 176. It's going up, you know, and recoup the the 20 bucks per share loss I made on the stocks I already own. See what I mean? They call that day trading. You kind of, you know, oh, I lost here, but I'm making it up over here. I'm, I may, you know, lost here, I make up over here. Back and forth, boom. Buy this, sell this, sell this, buy that. Buy this, sell this, sell this, buy that. Yeah, and, and one thing you're not allowed to do. Is you're you're not well, so you're not allowed. To, you can do what you want to do, but it's frowned upon, and you get you know like a strike if you buy a stock and you sit on it just for a while before the money is actually settled for that transaction. So let's say at uh, at three fifty p.m. I buy AMC, and then I see it going you know way down or something like quickly, you know, within ten minutes, you know. But I bought significant shares. I'm like, get out of it, quick, get out of it, get out of it. I mean, only a few minutes have gone by. The, the cash that I spent for this stock hasn't settled yet. So they don't want you doing anything to their shares until that cash is settled. And I can't sell. Like, let's say, let's say I bought it at, 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 uh, at 40 and it goes to 60, like whatever reason. Boom, shoots right up within an hour or something or a half hour. I can't, they don't want me selling that stock before the, Money I paid for it lands and is settled. Follow me? They don't want you doing that. I know people do, and you can, I guess, but they they give you know Fidelity Investments doesn't doesn't like it. I think they slap your wrist if you do that. The GameStop GameStop's going well. You know GameStop's going up one seventy seven point one seven. Huh? It's almost up a percent. With you know. Hmm. It's probably going. Let's go back to AMC. What's AMC doing now? AMC is thirty-eight point fifty, up one point one five. Mm-hmm. Up forty-six cents. Do, 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 do. And I, I think I'm making money on that. Let me check. This is fun. This is so much fun. This is so much fun. Follow Andy as he, as he loses his. All his money. <laughs> um, yeah, GameStop, uh, BlackBerry is down. BlackBerry is right now at 9.71 and dropping. Uh, Palantir Technologies is up 1.13%. Like their, their symbols, PLTR. Follow them. See what they're doing. Do the research. Do the news. Should you buy it? Buy a few shares. Give them going up. They're, they're you know, piggyback it. They're going up, 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 up. Get on now. Boom. And then you know, see, see, I mean, keep a, a close eye on it. See where it's going. See what it's doing. You know, you buy a bunch of shares, and you, then you sell it. You make a few bucks per share. You know, it's a few bucks you didn't have before. 
you know, and then the, the thing is, if you get good at this, you really learn how to do this. You take advice from experts, not, not too much, too, not too many experts. What I found is I'm better off on my own. Some experts have told me things that didn't pan out. Um, so-called experts. And there's a lot of uh, experts like the Motley, uh, Motley crew, that's a band. Who, what I mean, Motley, uh, fool and so forth. I, 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 with all due respect to these guys, you know, um, and they've given a lot of great advice to a lot of people, but it seems to me that they're spokespersons for the larger uh, movers and shakers more than, uh, more than retail investor. Um, Neo, Neo is the equivalent of Tesla in, in China. Um, news about Tesla in China, you know, they have a big gigafactory over there. They're making the, the, uh, the model two over there, which will be distributed uh, worldwide. It's a, a very affordable Tesla. It'll come in around $24,000, $25,000 in after your uh, rebates from your local governments, from your electric companies. That I think it'll come out around eighteen or nineteen grand out of pocket for a Tesla. It'll be a small model Y, hatchback. Anyway, um, so they're making it in China. Uh, and, uh, and China doesn't like, you know, uh, you know p- people in China have flocked to buy Teslas. Huge. So what the government do? Government made it illegal for any government employee to own a Tesla. Fact. They did that. Neo is the Chinese equivalent of Tesla, or nobody's equivalent of Tesla. No, nobody. You, you, when, you, when you get, you know, six billion miles of data, you know, they collect from from autopilot systems and from the cars on the road that they collect. If you if you select that in in your in your setup menu that enables your your information, not your personal information, just your driving, if the autopilot, something, uh, phantom brakes, that kind of stuff. That that kind of stuff goes back to Tesla engineering over the internet, and that's how they improve their what they're doing. Um, anyway, six billion miles of that, nobody can touch them. They are so far ahead. There, there ain't no catching those guys. No catching them. No, nobody's going to be able to beat Tesla and what they do. Nobody. Uh, Neo is is like a Tesla type of company in China. So you're starting to see a whole bunch of folks flock to buy Neo in in China. So I figured, you know what? Long long run, and I know what they're saying about the Chinese economy and collapsing and this and that. You know, eight billion people ain't going to live. China is not going anywhere. And Baba, you know, uh, Alibaba is the equivalent of uh, uh, Amazon, except they've got four times the assets of Amazon. Four times the assets of Amazon. They ain't going anywhere. You can go to Alibaba.com and look at products uh, that you see on Amazon and, and compare the prices. Look at the prices, right? Um, so in China, people go to – and they might use Amazon, but they go to Alibaba uh, like we go to Amazon here. There's huge, four times the assets of Amazon. I think I bought them at uh, 175. It went to 165. It went down. I because I, the economy in China was having some issues. The big real estate company of well, I forget the name of, you know, having some significant, significant issues. You know, and people predicting a collapse of the Chinese economy. I don't agree with that. You know, and I think your larger, your neos and your Alibabas and stuff. They're they're not going anywhere. Uh, you know, I would you know. But what I'm again, what I'm waiting for Alibaba to do, I, I'm, I want to get back in that stock, but I want to do it at a lower price. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping all their, the, the Chinese company. I'm not investing heavily in Chinese businesses. Don't get me wrong. Well, my investments are primarily United States companies for sure, but I do have some investments in Chinese companies, um, and um, for a reason. You know, I'm here to make money doing this. You know, that's what I'm doing, um, and I believe in Neo. You know, and and hey, let Alibaba, you know, give Amazon a run for the money. You know, let them do it. Yeah, yeah, you do that. So um, I'm waiting for Alibaba stock to go. As a matter of fact, while we're having the conversation, what is Baba stock at right now? Mm-hmm. Here we go. 
See, it's at one forty four and going down. It, it lost it lost three dollars and fifty nine cents today, and the market closes in four minutes. Right. So I bought it at one sixty seven, one sixty five. I got out of it. You know, I got out of it when I started to see it going down. But I, I'm hoping it goes down. It goes down to one twenty, one ten, or lower. Because if it does, I'm in. I am in because what's going to happen? It will. And again, this isn't about happening today or tomorrow or next week or next month. It will go back to 175, 178 again. It will do it. 190 maybe, maybe more down the road, especially as Christmas starts approaching. So I'm hoping it goes down because I want to buy more stocks, make more money, then get out of it again. See what, I'm, you see what I mean? So anyway, that's, that's what I'm doing. And so far, it's worked for me. It might not work for you. Again, I'm not an investment uh, strategist. I'm not a stockbroker. I'm not an analyst. I'm not an advisor, nor am I licensed to be. But I'm just, uh, you know, going uh, you know, about my own insight, my own what I'm witnessing, what I'm seeing. Not that everything I'm doing is right on, but I'm not doing bad. I'm not doing bad. Well, folks, sorry about the uh, interruptions and the, uh, the static. Uh, I've had to uh, edit this live broadcast for the podcast because there's a lot of skip words and static and hear every other word and so forth and it's too bad because I think we covered a lot of uh, of information and provided some insight behind the headlines like we normally do here on the show and I was unable to share quite a bit of that with you so this show is going to uh, end a little earlier today but what I'm going to do to make up for it is is maybe play a tune which would be great to be able to do and uh, and we'll get out of here and wish everybody a real good weekend and again we'll catch you Monday And the time Monday again is going to be at 8 p.m. Universal Time. That's going to be 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time and at noon on the Pacific Coast, Los Angeles, Coast to Coast, Andy Demanda Show Studios. Take care, folks. Again, have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. I can't stand to read the papers. Seem like all the news is bad. And an empty anger that keeps me from feeling really sad. These are strange times we live in And hard games that we play Wager very carefully And play them as they lay Don't play no cards ain't in your hand Don't play no cards ain't in your hand So long Harry Truman Goddamn it's hard To find an honest man